Hey, sports fans, you're tuned into the Emerald City Fandom Podcast. We're Seattle fans talking Seattle sports. We're your hosts. I'm Connor. I'm Sam. And I'm Justin. You ready to get started? Let's send it! Welcome back to the pod, folks. Episode 68. Holy shit, boys. Sam, you said it. We were going to go duck hunting. At the end of the episode, if you've all listened to it, Sam said that Peyton Henry would come on to the game and kick a game-winning field goal. Scores a little off. Kick a game-winning field goal to lift the dogs over the sixth-ranked Oregon Ducks with their yellow highlighter jerseys. And what did we see? Peyton Henry with 50 seconds left coming on and winning the game for the dogs. Connor, Sam, is this like the best win in recent memory for the dogs? It's got to be the best win in the last five years for the dogs. Oh, I thought, hands I, I down. Thought, yeah, I thought we were coming on here to talk about Julio Rodriguez being the rookie of the year. Did I miss the memo? Well, I guess cheers to that too. Where you go, <laughs> yeah. Julio. 29 um, of 30 votes. That's it's that's fantastic news, by the way. But no, yeah, this is um this is arguably the best season win that we've had in the last two decades um of Husky football. Definitely top three. I think there's two others that you could put up next to it, but it's I mean context and everything and what it means for the program going forward. DeBoer in his first year. Hard to argue that it's um it can it can be really topped. So Sam, I don't know if you feel dif- differently or similar. I I agree. It's been it's been feeling really nice the last couple of days sitting mm-hmm. on this one. And we I'm have curious. it for a full year. And the fact we that we ruined their full season. Year. Not that they would have yes. done anything in the college football playoff. We we all know that, but it's nice to officially ruin their season. But before we Absolutely. get into the nitty-gritty. We got to start off with what we're sipping on. Connor, you're still here. You're a little sick. Are, are, do we have alcohol tonight or are we <laughs> sipping on emergency? This is <laughs> similar to, I'm, I'm actually just sipping on some throat coat tea right now. Yeah, Justin said it. I'm a little bit under the weather. That's why he's hosting. So thank you, Justin, for hosting. Um, my voice is probably okay right now. It was pretty rough yesterday. But I'm feeling a little bit better today, but I'm going to stay on the non-alcohol train to make sure I'm over the hump by the end of the week. How about Sam, you guys? Sam, please spare, like, keep the podcast afloat here. What do we got? Jesus Christ. Well, I'm drinking. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, we got a little, we had a pull of substitution on the water boy role tonight, I guess. Yeah, I think. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I celebrated Whoa. a little too much over the weekend. You could say that. How about Ooh. that? Hey. A beer a day keeps a doctor away, Connor. Everybody knows this. I'm drinking mine yesterday. some Elysian Day Glow IPAs tonight. Mm. From your hotel room Very in spicy. San Francisco? You went down there and sipping on Seattle beer, huh? Well, what is there good beer down here that I'm not aware of? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's, there's some good breweries down there. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I wanted Stone. to bring a piece of home with me do stone you could do uh there's a lot of san diego beers that i like modern times they're pretty good i just went down to the market and there's like a lot of seltzers and a lot of ciders (laughs) 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 
Yeah. <laughs> like, give me some of that Seattle beer. <laughs> that's fine. But yeah, that's what I'm sipping on. Justin, what about you? Well, in honor of the Munich game, I have a German beer. Uh, I think it's the same six pack that I had like three weeks ago. It's the Hogarden <laughs> beer. It was just last week, I think. Yeah. Was it last week? I thought I was drinking yeah. wine. Maybe not. Maybe that was another week. But oh, that was no. Yeah, you're right. It must have been. It must have been two or three weeks ago then. Anyways, we've got a German beer, so I'm keeping the two out of three ratio for alcohol alive, since Connor is actually taking my full role. Thank but you. boys. Oregon, UW, it just feels so. I don't even know. This is one of the but Not only did UW win this game, but this is one of the best, I think, games of college football we've had this year. We've probably had Tennessee, yeah. Alabama, as people would consider, is probably one of the games of the season. USC, Utah is probably up there as well, and then probably this game, guys. And I, I just think... We can get in, we'll get into the nitty gritty, but what stood out to me, and I'll turn it over to you, Sam, to start, is Michael Penix, outside of one mistake, I don't think could have played any better in this game. No, I mean, he was on top of the world playing lights out. And, you know, I don't know how many scouts were watching that game, but it is the arm talent. I mean, I think we all thought that we were getting a good quarterback. We were all excited about the prospects of what Penix could be based on the few games he played at each season at Indiana, particularly the season or season and a half or two seasons he had with DeBoer. But like some of the throws he made in this game were just like, there's a handful of people playing on Sundays that can make that throw. It is Epic. And then even even finally, like you see him use his legs a little bit on that. Was that our first drive, third and 14? He does a little Tony Romo backwards spin out, jukes the defensive end out of his shoes and just scampers for a first down like no problem. I mean, Penix, you know, there's a lot of credit to go around the horn here on offense, but Penix pretty much <laughs> – single-handedly won us that game <laughs> and yeah, I mean I'm just at a loss of words to describe how good that performance was for him again outside of the one bad play as an interception but like the way that I feel about it looking back at the game you know in the moment I was pissed I was like how could you possibly throw that there's like you're rolling out to your right you're throwing it left-handed there's four guys around you Yes, there's a sliver of a window to fit that ball into Westover, our tight end, I believe it was. But, like, you throw that ball away. But then, thinking back on it after the game and you know the result, like, I'm a little bit less mad, obviously, because we won. But, like, that's also Michael Penick's game. Like, if you, if you try to look at the final touchdown throw he threw to Taj Davis – while the ball's in the air, that's a throw that you never fucking throw. You're like, that is a terrible idea to throw that deep all the way across the wide side of the field. But like he saw a window and he freaking sniped it in there. So there's part of me that feels like the mistake is like, that's just him playing his game. Like he can get away with a lot of pretty special stuff. And like, where does he, he's, I saw somebody tweet, 
and I'll kick this to Connor and get your thoughts. But like I saw somebody tweet that he in this game entrenched himself as the Corey Dillon of quarterbacks for University of Washington. In other words, being a one season legend, like Corey Dillon is renowned and everybody knows Corey Dillon as a Husky legend, even though he only wore purple and gold one season. That's going to be Michael Penix, and he solidified that in this game. Like, where does Michael Penix rank for you at this point in terms of like all time Husky great quarterbacks? Oh, he's, he's up. I mean, gotta he's, be up there. he's probably top three right now in my book. He's for sure top five. Oh, I yeah. think without question, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm only putting Tui and Billy Joe probably ahead of him. Brunel was really good. Warren Moon. That's Warren Moon. Warren yeah. I think you probably got to, if I was doing it, I think you have Warren Moon and you have Tui ahead of him for sure. Yeah. Then I think he's in a group of like Brunel, Locker. I mean, Billy Joe was the quarterback of the actual national championship team. Though, yeah, right? but like that was a defensive team. Like Billy sure, Joe wasn't lighting like, it on fire. I mean, you look Brunel back at was Warren, a better quarterback. You look back at Warren Moon's statistics, though. It's not like he was like. I mean, it was a different era of quarterbacking. But like, I mean, the prolific the the prolificness of what he's doing right now is unmatched for sure. Yeah, like. That's that's in and of itself. I mean, he's going to absolutely smoke Cody Pickett's records as far as passing yards. I mean, he's what still leading the nation in passing. Um, I don't know if he'll break the touchdowns because Jake Browning threw what like 40, 42 or something 40, like that. Yeah. 43. Yeah. So I don't, he's not going to probably quite get there, but it'll be close. Oh, no. We play Colorado next week. You never know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's going to need probably a he's going to need a five spot to yeah. probably get a chance here. But yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, it's I that's totally a fair comment that he's the Corey Dillon of quarterbacks. He's, he immediately is a legend for what he did on Saturday. Yeah. Like e- I mean, even if this is... season, had, even if this season had been like shit for the most part, beating Oregon in Autzen, a sixth ranked Oregon to like completely dash any hopes of making the college football playoff for them. That's legendary status. Like build the statue, and whatever. Doing it the way that you did it, like back and yeah. forth. Oh, guns. Yeah, for sure. Touchdowns. Like and being the main reason that we won. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like it's not like he was just hand like the guy handing the ball off the entire game. No, he was the one that was winning that game for us. It's kind of interesting comparing and contrasting to 2019 with Jacob Eason. Like mm-hmm. that was probably mm-hmm. a higher hyped transfer QB. Yeah, and like hundred percent more hype for a number of reasons, but I like think, Penix I think is a the lot real of it. Deal. Yeah, I think a lot of it was just because he was local too, and I mean we knew the arm talent and everything too of Eason, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Justin, you it, were gonna make a point. I cut you off. No, it's okay. I think we can move on. I mean, I just wanted to make sure that we really solidified what Penix did because 400 yard, I mean, what was 26 for 35, 408 yards or something like that, two touchdowns, really just the interception is really the only thing he did wrong in this game. But came back, as you mentioned, Sam, next drive, Taj Davis, I mean, a no-no throw, but was a yes throw. A no-no, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, one of those. Yeah. Yeah. this Probably game, the throw of the year, like his best throw of the year now. I like, mean, he's had in a hindsight. Few. Right? He's had a few. <laughs> but uh, that probably is it, though. 
context given and everything. Right, with the context and how important it was for yeah. the game. That throw is unreal, dude. Right hash all the way to the sideline between two, two defenders with a safety like lurking. I, I get, don't be, I cannot believe he actually got that ball there with that much zip. Maybe the second mistake, and you could argue this, that Penix made was throwing that ball to Jalen McMillan, but McMillan just absolutely hit the weight room and stole oh, that ball. God. Yeah, from the I don't know defender. if that was a mistake. He was giving uh, his receiver a chance. I mean, that was the def- like the defender a made a hell of a play. But Jalen just well, took it back. I mean, <laughs> I would say the defender. I would say the defender almost made a hell of a play. The defender didn't finish the play, knock the ball down. That Gonzalez kid's you. actually pretty legit, dude. He's good. Yeah, he's Oregon, good, but not not good enough. So maybe next year, no, kid. Their defense is trash. He's good though. Clearly, I mean, that was a hell of a play. I don't think I would have mentioned that before otherwise. So I wanted to make sure we called that out. But this game was made up of so many pivotal moments and some questionable decisions. I would say decision making on both sides. So yeah. I want to get your guys's take <laughs> on each of them. Uh, Oregon was down in UW territory, up by four. They had been, they had the ball for basically 27 minutes. It was 10, it was a 10 and a half minute drive, but it was a 20 play, 10 and a half minute, 91 yards down the field. Fourth down, Alex Cook knocks Bo Nix out of the game. Oregon could ice the game if they went for it. Do you guys think the field goal there was the right call? Or do you think that they should have gone for it and made UW drive the length of the field? Me or Sam first. Connor, we'll start with you. Um, I think so. That was a, that was a third down play that he got knocked out, right? Correct. And that yeah, was yes. going to be the fourth fourth down. Fourth down. Fourth yep. and like two. From I want to let yes. me double check, but I want to say I thought it was fourth and it's fourth it and fourth three, and three technically. Fourth yep. and three from about like the ten yard line ish. The eight. Yep. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It's weird because the way that Lanning had been managing that game throughout, I mean, and the way that our defense had been playing, uh, would suggest to you that he would go for it. I think Bo Nix getting knocked out completely changed that plan. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with that. I, Sam, do you, I think you were nodding your head. I don't think that was the pivotal fourth down I wanted to cover, but I think that would lead into my next one, which is why I wanted sure. to ask yeah. you. Uh, because UW after that, of course, Oregon kicked the field goal. UW went down in like 40 seconds to go and score that pass to Taj Davis. Mm-hmm. Oregon then received the ball in their own half on their own 34 yard line, fourth and one, their backup <laughs> quarterback is in. They decide to go for it without taking a timeout or anything. They wanted to win the game. I mean, they've seen what Penix has been doing to them. They go for it. They get stuffed. The running back slips. They might have got stuffed anyway, but it do you was think, for sure going to get stuffed. Do you think, Sam, that that was the right call in that situation by Dan Lenning, or do you think he should have punted the ball and let Penix beat him that way? Lanning, listen, he's just not an experienced head coach. Doesn't know what he's doing. Made a mistake and he mixed it up. I think. I think if you're going to go for one of those two fourth downs, you go for the fourth down where if you don't get it, you pin the opposing offense deep in their own territory and you're still up by four. But, like, in your own territory, up by – what were they up 
tie game, tied. but they were tied. Yeah. Tie game on your own, what was it, 28 yard line? Uh, 34. Like 34. 34 yard line. You just cannot go for that. The risk Connor, is way too way too much. Connor, do you agree? Somewhat. I think that I you had mentioned timeout. They should have called a timeout. That's what with I their think. back with their yeah. backup quarterback in. Um they should have come out, seen what Washington was doing. This is all hindsight, obviously, right? But like mm. come out, seen what how we were lined up on defense, call timeout with your back like I mean, your backup quarterback in there, and then put together your game plan as far as how you're gonna attack that if they if they line up the same way. The other piece of this is that Bo Nix comes back in after that drive. Mm. Would he have been actually healthy enough to come in on that fourth down? And does that change anything for how we align? on that play as well. So another reason to call timeout there, right? Is to yeah, check in I, on Bo. I was confused in the moment why they didn't, because they could do a number of things. They could have called timeout, you know, young quarterback, get everything set. Maybe they, I mean, they're on the 34. I mean, I know it's five yards, but maybe they try to draw you to above sides, you know, right. try to get a hard count on. And so yep. I just thought it was really rushed in the way. I hated the way they went about it, but given... I loved the way they went about it. Oh, of course, but... Yeah. from a you know a football analytic a neutral way, standpoint neutral yes. standpoint yeah. but it's just really confusing how they went about it but i don't fault going for it in that situation i mean you had seen what Penix had been doing to you all game just absolutely how much st- time was left about 125 i think about no that was five left no i think that's when they got the ball back again no he kicked he kicked the. No, they got the ball sure back with, like 50 with fifty seconds. seconds. Yeah, I'm I think sure there was, was like almost three. Oh, was it? I thought there was like almost yeah. three minutes left. Because UW decided to throw the ball on the drive and stop the clock. We'll get there. okay. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I think they it was the smart decision because here's the deal, right? You need a stop anyway from UW. I mean, uh, it's kind of one of those hindsight situations, but I think it was the right call because at the end of the day, you're trying to win the game. I just hated the way they went about it. Yeah. I think but, that's just, I mean, that's a, that's a head coach never being a head coach before. Well, I'm getting like to that. To that. So, you know, there were a few moments in this game where Lanning was just out of his skis a little bit. I think there was a, you know, that the situation right there. Um, some of the play calling with Bo Nix. And then as well is when they tried to do an onside kick earlier in the game. And that was absolutely stuffed out by UW easy yeah. recovery and in Kalen DeBoer's press conference, he went on to say, it's like, oh, yeah, we noticed that they had some different jersey numbers in there. So we're like, oh, yeah, easy on side, be ready for it. And it's just an obvious situation to me. It's like, man, that is just a green coach going out there and trying to fool someone as experienced in high pressure situations like DeBoer. I mean, I don't care what level your coach, he's coached in some critical games. You know that he's looking. At oh, coach. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then to double down on that, it's like Oregon, Oregon's coaching staff didn't realize that we put our hands team out there. Like Junior Alexander is not a frontline special teams player. He's the hands team. And like credit to him, he fielded that ball beautifully. But mm-hmm. like, don't you, you're, there's no element of surprise. Like, hello, we got our hands team out here, but go ahead. They did that. And then I'd also say like going back to the, the honey hole too one time too many was going back to the first fourth down conversion that you brought up to us down 
where they're about to score on that third and five when Bo Nix ran that QB sneak for the second time in the game. Right. We were locked in. We gave them the same exact look defensively where Bo Nix scampered for that touchdown in the first half, I think. Or maybe it was to start the second half. I forget. No, exactly that was their when. first I think it's the first out. I think you're right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So we get into the same defensive front and they're like, okay, yeah, this is golden. Same, same thing. We're going to have success. But like, we just disguised the fact that we knew it was coming. And Alex Cook, the second the ball was snapped, blitzed in from his safety position and just laid the lumber. Mm-hmm. And so like they're, as a Husky fan, one of my key takeaways, and I know that this is you're teeing it up for us here, Justin, but like one of my key takeaways is like, we have a damn good coaching staff. Like we outclassed them from a coaching staff perspective. And that just feels so good because players yeah. change, but like DeBoer, he's going to be here for a while, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm knocking on my desk, but yeah, you know, so <laughs> it just it goes back to you know our conversation over the summer, the when the fall, the fall, winter, God, who knows, time is just crazy of who we wanted to be our head coach at this university, right? And we were throwing out mm-hmm. all sorts of names, but DeBoer was not in our top two, any of our top two, I think. Um, going back yeah, to it, I think he was not, in our top five, but yeah, in our top five, he's in all our top five, but I don't think like it was any of our first or second choice. But yeah, now, like, would you take anybody over Kalen DeBoer of who was available or who we could have realistically got? No. Probably Definitely wouldn't not. take Absolutely Matt Campbell not. over him, no, right? I mean, that looks like a you know, eat the crow situation, right? Right, yeah, I feel really happy with who we got. Yeah, and I'm of really, course, really happy about it. There, there are improvements we can make. I thought our defensive tackling yep. was just straight ass cheeks, right? I mean, just couldn't tackle. I thought that was going to be the reason why we lost this game, a mm-hmm. large portion yeah. of the second half, but somehow overcame that. I mean, how many rushing yards did Oregon have on us? Was it like 312? 312. There you go. Yeah. I mean, Justin, like to further emphasize your guys's point as far as like the coaching staff, like being possibly the difference in us winning this game you go down the stat sheet and you would have thought that we lost this game by like at least a touchdown probably i mean first downs 32 to 23 in favor of oregon third down efficiency they were 50 percent. we were just over 50 percent fourth downs they convert three of four they don't punt at all this game, by the way, too. we had, There was one punt in this game, and it was us. Nearly 600 yards of offense of, given up by the Husky defense. 312 of that on the ground. Time of possession, 35 to 25, essentially. And you essentially, like, like what this comes down to is some key penalties and some key situations and coaching moments and big critical moments of that game. That's the only reason we won this game. I'm not, I'm not trying to like say that we didn't like, I mean, we deserve that win. We, we outplayed them, I think. But if you just go, if you just go on the team stats, it would suggest an Oregon win for the most part. You're you're 100 right. Absolutely. I mean, they we could not stop them on that. I mean, they were running it down our throats. Bucky Irving is game. fucking good, but he's, we he's could really not tackle. Good. We could not. Yeah, tackle I mean, our tackling was awful. I mean, we were in spaces to limit a lot of 
I would say a lot of those gains. Um, yeah, but you do see yeah, the difference would... in a running back like Bucky Irving or Trent Whitting. What's his last name? Noah Whittingham. Whittingham. Noah Whittingham. Yeah. Whittington. Um, Whittington. Whittington. Yeah, Noah Whittington. Uh, both those guys are super talented, and any of the guys on our team, like as far as hey, man. ability Wayne to make. Papa. 70 yards for 10 Stop. carries. Come and on, give the guys some And respect. an absolute zero in the second half because he always disappears in games after the first half. No, I mean, we didn't do really anything on the ground outside of some Talapapa runs that, you know, he got. Yeah. Credit to him. The one the line. A but... couple first drives. Yeah. Outside of that, it was yeah. just basically the Penix show. The Penix show. Yeah. I think I think we and literally had thing... negative. We had negative one rushing yards, I think, in the fourth quarter. I mean, we're throwing bombs. Why do we need to run? We yeah. had the ball. For we don't like need first downs. Just... Yeah. It's true. It's true. Sorry. What Sam. I was going to say is, as we're on the coaching bandwagon here, the last thing that I'll throw in too that's easy to look past is that the two bombs that we threw, those plays that Ryan Grubb drew up, Grubb and Penix have been just so much on the same page and communication and knowing where they're going to attack the defense. The 70 some yard bomb to Polk. Polk beat Oregon's defensive back, number four, Bennett Williams. The big pass to Taj Davis to tie the game, Mm -hmm. number four, Bennett Williams. Coincidence that we went after the same Oregon defensive player twice for our two most explosive plays in the game? I don't think so. You know, you bring up a point that I didn't write down, but I was meaning to ask you, Sam. In this game, Jordan Perryman got injured very early on for UW. Obviously, we wish for a healthy recovery. We have nothing against the guy yes. personally. Do you think that, in a way, helped UW in any way? It's hard to say. I mean, I definitely thought that, <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah. terrible. Terrible I thought. definitely thought that. I will say this long-term, absolutely, because you're getting experience for, I think, JV on Green has looked – I mean, he's made freshman mistakes, but that guy, he plays hard, and he's big. He's like six foot two, 200 pounds as a freshman. He's played really physical. So, like getting him live reps, whether or not he's, you know, going to be better in that game than Perryman, I don't know. Perryman hasn't been good, but like definitely long term, like probably was a benefit. But yeah, I, I did. It did cross my mind. So I'm not crazy for them to thinking that. Like I think hardcore no, not fans that watch every game, it's like I called it, you know, last week. I'm like, oh, he'll have one play where he just gets beat for a lot of yards, which of course didn't happen. But last husky player, before I turn it over to you guys, if you want to mention any others, um, I'm just really happy for Peyton Henry. I mean, for him as a person, I mean, we've as a Husky collective, haven't really been able to trust Peyton Henry, even though he's been pretty good this season and accurate because of one miss that he had in Austin a few years ago where we lost the game in overtime. To come in and redeem yourself and go perfect and hit a 43-yard field goal to win the game, that's got to feel really good. And that's like your lasting memory at UW. That's That's got to feel good. Yeah, and I think, you know, he's been you know, on the laughing end of a lot of jokes of people laughing at him because of that kick or, you know, he's never had the strongest leg, but mm-hmm. he, he will be sorely missed after this year. I I saw a stat 
I think Kim Grinolds tweeted it that within 40 yards in the last two years, including PATs, he's 95 for 96. So he doesn't miss. And, and like, I think to your point, like, definitely has gotten his fair share of, you know, knives being twisted in his side because of that one missed kick in Austin Stadium in 2018, where he could have iced the game and missed. We lost in overtime, like you said. But, you know, people have also made fun of him because we're always being forced to go for fourth down situations in that tweener zone because, like, Peterson would not trot him out there. Right. A 41-yarder can't make it. 40? Yeah, he's good. Like, it was a hard <laughs> number. And so not only did he make the game-winning field goal, but it was also 43 yards, which is, like, everybody knows is beyond the comfort zone. And to your point earlier, too, is like he made three field goals in this game. That's a huge piece of the pie, and he made all three of them. So I feel really good for him. Obviously, when he made it, he was just fucking pumped. I thought he was going to give himself like an aneurysm. He was just like pumping his fists and freaking out. But, yeah, got a feel for the guy for sure, especially he's. I think he's a fifth-year, sixth-year senior and just – a great story of redemption for sure and, and could not be written up in a better way other than like maybe time expiring while the ball's in the air. I forgot to mention it earlier, but the one piece of coaching that I would want your guys' thoughts on is when Washington had the ball after Oregon turned it over on downs, 34-34, we get it back with 126 left in the game. What do you think of the play calling on that sequence where we didn't end up getting a first down, but we run two passes. So stopping the clock and third and one, we run it up, we lose a yard and then we use Oregon uses one timeout on that drive. What was your thought? What was your thought process going through on that drive, Sam? Can you remind me where we took over on the Oregon 33? Okay. Yeah, I would be running the clock out there. For sure. I mean, field goal wins it. That's all. Like, you're just in that, in my mind, as a head coach in that moment, I'm like, I don't know. Like, you also feel it just to the point I was just making with Peyton Henry's history of not having a big leg. Like, you do want to pick up a first down to get comfortable, at least a first down to get comfortable. But yeah, the clock piece, especially with the nature of the game being so back and forth all the second half like you don't want to give like when we kicked that field goal and 50 seconds was still on the clock didn't make me feel great and so no. i would have liked to have seen us probably run on first down see what you can get and then depending on where you're at maybe make a pass for a first down and then just run on third down and at least you make a burn a timeout or two um but yeah i would definitely have probably tried to chew more clock there than we did yeah, I think the head scratcher for me is we had that first down pass to Westover and then we had a second and one. I think that just screams like just see if you can get it on the ground. And we had an incomplete pass, which is just, you know, just killer for a draft. Yeah. I mean, I did not feel good 51 seconds. And then I saw Bo Nix trotting onto the field. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, no, they could they could get into range here. So Connor, yeah. I don't know if you have any other thoughts to add there, but I was very nervous going into that last Oregon drive. Do you know, or does anyone know, how many timeouts they had at the beginning of that drive? Oregon? 
I don't. I know they used one after the incomplete pass. I believe I think they just... had. I think they had two drive, two timeouts going into that drive. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we we were having no success on the ground really in the second half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is true. So, I don't. I don't. I don't hate it. What was the incomplete pass? Do you remember that play? I can't remember it. I can't remember. I know I've watched the highlights, but yeah, I think second and one, like you at least, I I, I would hope it was at least play action or something. Like if you're going to pass there, I would like to be like a play action boot or something like that so that Penix can pick it up on the ground if, if he gets outside too and has the option of running. So I don't remember that exact play or how, how that sequence went. Um, if it wasn't anything like that, then yes, I disagree with that second one, second one call at least. Um, and then, yeah, the third and one, they just, they stuffed us. So we tried to run the ball and they stuffed us. Right. So I think the only, the only play that I might have an issue with is that second and one play. Yeah, I agree with that. One more play from a coaching perspective that we would be remiss not to address all right, maybe I shouldn't call it a coaching play. But at the very end of the game, Oregon throw they throw and complete a first down catch. They're out of timeouts. And mm, suspiciously yes. their wide receiver Six seconds up left. And then falls down with a hamstring cramp. For the second for the second <sighs> time this season, Oregon has had a player go down with a thigh cramp with under 10 seconds to go in the game after a first down, which means there's no 10-second runoff for injury because the clock stopped because it's first down. How what do you what do you think about that <clears throat> that injury? Hopefully that player's, you know, we wish him a speedy recovery. It looked pretty nasty. Um but if you don't get the sarcasm, fuck Oregon, <laughs> Bush League motherfuckers. Sam, are you questioning a player having an injury? Yes. That was bullshit. If we had listen if we had lost the game, yeah, if they were able to kick a field goal, or if they were able to hit on the hail mary, because of that, I cannot tell you what I would have done. Yeah, I might be in jail. <laughs> oh my right god, <laughs> that, that was is horrible. the epitome of Oregon bullshit, and it just lets you know that Dan Lanning and that coaching staff are going to continue the Bush league reputation that the ducks have held for the entirety of my life. And it is the epitome of why beating them feels so damn good because they're a bunch of cheaters. That play made me think of Cristobal's rant after he beat UW last season and just like some of the recruiting exactly. bullshit that he's that allegedly he says when he's out on the recruiting trail, I mean, why the Oregon just makes them so easy to hate. They just do things on the field and off the field that make it so easy. Connor, I don't know if you have other things to add, but I was just, it was so obvious. It was a fake that I don't know how it wasn't a bigger deal. It's I think it wasn't a bigger cheating. deal because of that, because of the next play, the next play probably. Yeah. I mean, and fortunately that one ended up going in our favor and it's not a reviewable play. I think he probably stepped out of bounds and and touched the ball. It was the first to touch the ball when he he, he definitely was the first to touch the ball. But I I think that Troy Franklin probably stepped out of bounds. No, that was the play after. Play after. 
Oh, the play after. Sorry. Yeah. I, that, and that's what I'm saying, though, is I think because of the controversy surrounding that play, the injury play kind of got a little bit forgotten about um, in, in the grand scheme of things. I, I mean, I think any Husky fan <laughs> remembers that part. But um, but I think the, I think coaches the, should be fined for that shit. Like it yeah. is blatantly obvious. Players should be suspended like, I, for that. I mean, I, I feel like that's maybe a little bit harsh, like w- to the extent the player's probably just doing what the coach told him. Like, I don't think, yeah. I mean, it was pretty obvious that Hudson, the wide receiver that faked the injury, got tackled and was like standing up to give the ball to the ref and like totally in la-la land, had other players go up to him to tell him the coaches are go yelling from down. the sideline to go down. So like, I don't fault the player. He's just doing what he's being told by the yeah. coaches. Coaches should be suspended and fined. That is fucking with, like, the integrity of the game, in my opinion. Sure. And, and there's the no rule, place for that. Right? In college, you don't have a, like, a 10-second runoff that you do in the NFL, I think. that You do. It's only on the first down. Only on, yeah. On first down, the clock stopped, so there was right. no runoff. But if they off. Right, but in NFL, I guess you don't have that rule, so there's a 10-second right. runoff regardless. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering if that would get tweaked obviously it's a college so it's a little different in the sensitivity of an injury you don't want college kids getting injured or you know trying to fight through injuries for their team you want them to go down but at the same time you can't be abusing the rule and what it's meant to be yeah yeah and i mean in that situation he's right by the sideline like if he's actually injured he can crawl to the sideline you know yeah yeah Yeah. get off like it it clearly wasn't a head injury right so it wasn't like a life altering yeah Yeah. no his hammy really locked up on him though (laughs) god i mean that just pisses me off so i we had to bring we won it's fine i was focusing on mostly positives here so it was it's good that you got a a you can be happy sam we won i I never want to hear it pisses me off you know what I else I don't want to hear or pisses me? I don't want to hear that Bo Nix is better than Penix, though. I don't want to hear that ever again. No, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty That's evident. a bunch of malarkey. And I, I credit him. I mean, he's truly a gamer and tried to come back. But, I mean, he's clearly hurting and all that. So, yeah. Good credit to him. But, like, I. Oh, and he I, played well. Yeah. No, no, I don't hate the guy or anything. But I don't want to hear that Penix is worse than Bo no. Nix again yeah. after, this, after this game. If UW had no. not lost the Arizona State game, Penix would easily be the conference player of the year candidate, like right now. Like as far like he, he is a candidate. I should I should say he would be the leader in the clubhouse, but it's probably gonna be Caleb Williams because he's at USC. Right. So well, boys, this game drew a massive audience. I think it was the fourth most watched game of any game this week. I think the most by a Pac 12 game by far. It was less than the Oregon-Georgia game, but that was SEC Pac-12. So 3.63 million, only behind Bama Ole Miss, TCU Texas, which was in the same time slot, I think, and Nebraska and Michigan, which is the 9 a.m. slot. So pretty good game, pretty good showcase about UW and what it's all about. And if you're a transfer QB or wide receiver out there, I mean, not many more places you'd rather go than UW right now. And if you're a corner, you probably want to stay the hell away. But yeah, <laughs> or there's playing time available. There's playing time available. Yeah. yeah, that's all we got, I think. Though, <laughs> as far as attractiveness yeah. in that market. Yeah, Speaking I mean, of which that is actually another point, just to bring up really quick too, is the recruiting element of this. There is the local corner, yeah. Caleb Presley from Rainier Beach, 
highly regarded. He's been committed to the Ducks for a while. I believe he was at the game. The whole Ford Sports Performance team was down there at the game. There's a pretty big recruiting weekend in Autzen. And, like, that was a huge statement win. And so, yeah. like, if I'm Caleb Presley and I'm looking at the defensive backfield for the dogs, he's playing next year if he comes to Don, the purple and the gold. And, like, yeah. there's just – it's such a statement win. And I think going back to the point that I was making last week about what I wanted to feel coming out of the game was, like, that we matched the physicality and we played the game with an amount of attitude. And, like, none more epitomized than Jalen McMillan on a number of plays, but particularly the game, the play where he just ripped the ball away on that toss-up 50-50 jump ball. But, like, God damn, it feels good to not only win the game – but win it in the fashion that we did and like our players attitude throughout the game of like, we're not backing down. We're not getting bullied. Like mm-hmm. we're here and we're going to win. And like hearing somebody like Jackson Kirkland talk about his experience with the game. He's like, we were rolling on offense. Like if we had the ball last, we were going to win. Like there was nothing that they could do to stop us. And I just love hearing that confidence exude out of our players into the way that they played the game on Saturday and like that being the number one thing I wanted to see, win or lose, walking away, I feel more than satisfied with what I saw this past Saturday in that in that regard. And that win too, it totally, in my mind, obliterates last season. Like we're forgetting about last season. We've generated so much positivity and upward momentum with this yep. program. That's like, all right, UW is back on the map, baby. Oh, Forget yeah. about fucking Jimmy Lake and running the damn fucking ball. None of that anymore. We're throwing <laughs> this thing and we're elevating this Slanging program it. to new heights. Yeah. Yeah. And we mentioned off the top how Sam completely called how this game was going to end. And I think we just haven't really revisited that point unless you guys did it while I was away for a second. But I mean, no, you got to feel so happy for Peyton Henry. Just like, yeah, not yeah. only is, is it a monkey off the, off the team's back as far as from, from the Jimmy Lake era and all of the darkness that, 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 that shun on, on the program, but Peyton Henry has been holding that for the last four years. Right. And in that same stadium and he had like the same kick, you know, earlier in that game too. Um, in the same end and, and everything. And as soon as he nailed that one, though, I was like, I think the monkey's off his back at this point. Like, he's going to be fine this game. And not to, I mean, I've been really hard on him because, like, one, once he missed that kick against Oregon, I, like, he was dead to me. But he's back alive now. <laughs> he's resurrected for me, like, after that game. And he's been a damn good kicker, like, over the past four years, too. I mean, I, that was one of his very, very few misses. And I think he has like one miss inside of 45 yeah. yards in the past, like yeah. what, however, however, like three years basically of kicks. So, I mean, he's about as solid as they come and he was absolutely money on Saturday and you could argue who's the difference in the game. So yeah, yeah we, get, we, we already rehashed all of that. Okay. We get I didn't a lot of stop love. you. Sorry. I didn't stop you because it felt just as good hearing it the second time, and he deserves it. He definitely deserves <laughs> the praise. So sorry, I completely missed that segment because my kid was crying. So <laughs> no worries. No, no worries. worries. Well, I mean, pretty epic game. UW is now number seventeen. Oregon is still ranked number twelve. 
How? The whole ranking system is a bunch of bullshit. We know that. We, <laughs> I can't wait for a 12-team playoff when they have automatic qualifiers a little bit. And Penn State, yeah. I think, is number 10, and they have no wins over a top 25 team, but they have good loss. It's like the balance between a good loss and a right. good win, right? Like UW has two top 25 wins now with Oregon State being back in, but it's, I don't know, it's a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. The differences Rankings just, don't matter. Yeah, the difference is just our really bad loss against Arizona State, which That's, looks yeah looks worse and worse by the week. Um, but right. well, you know that, and they they hate us because they ain't us. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Something just like rounding that. out the dogs talk, one thing that we should just put out there for our listeners: the next two weeks of college football as a Husky fan is going. There's a lot of games that will be really exciting for you to watch because there is a scenario, there is a line of sight to the Huskies being in the Pac-12 championship game. I don't have them all up right. Slim. It's slim, but it's not. It's It's not not the most unrealistic scenario, but it's, it, yeah, it's, it's not a high chance. Do you have it in front of you, Sam? You want to go through it? um, I don't have it in front of me, but I can look it up if you I remember what needs to happen. All right, Connor, go for it. Then Connor, go for it. USC needs to beat UCLA this next weekend. That's okay. a, that's 5 p.m. on Fox. It's a huge matchup in the Pac-12. Because Oregon, the reason Oregon, is because then that that takes UCLA out of the equation. Because USC yeah, they have three losses at that point, three conference losses at that point. USC needs to be the other team in the Pac-12 championship for this all to work, essentially. Right, mm-hmm. and they're going um, to be like they should be. They yeah, they should be um that's gonna be a good game though uh, ucla definitely has a pretty good chance in that game um and i don't count out dtr ever because of what he did to us so um oregon then as much as it pains you needs to beat utah this weekend as well yep. because utah is not losing to colorado in the following weekend so you need utah to have another loss and that needs to come from oregon this weekend then the following weekend, Oregon State needs to beat up on the on on the Ducks and the Which old I think Civil is War. Very possible. In yeah, Corvallis for sure. Yeah, in Corvallis, and yeah. So that's that's this. Those three scenarios happen, and as long as I mean, UW obviously needs to take care of their own business too. They need to beat Colorado this weekend. After a very emotional game this past weekend, I'm worried about us coming out a little bit flat. I think we'll be fine because it's Colorado. Colorado. Have you seen Colorado? They're bad. Yes, they're really bad. bad. But I could see it like playing out like USC. They played USC this last weekend, and it was close after like a quarter, quarter and a half, and then USC ended up putting up a 55 against them. Yeah. So I could see a similar scenario to that happening where it's a little bit uncomfortable in the first half. But then we kind of refocus and turn on the Jets. Um, and then, not to mention, we, we have a pretty tough trip over to Pullman at the yep. end of the year against a, a good Wazoo team, you know, and that's that's not a gimme by any means. So, yeah, it really, it really never is, but especially this year. Um, so, so just to recap, a lot, a UW lot has needs to, to win out. Yep. UW needs to win out. You're rooting for USC this weekend to beat UCLA. And you're rooting for Oregon Oregon this weekend to beat Utah. If those things happen, then next weekend, the following, you're rooting for Oregon State to beat Oregon. And then your dogs are in. It's like a best case scenario. You're you're rooting. You're like 
raising Oregon for slaughter again. <laughs> like, you know, get them all ripe up and hyped again and then yeah. Yeah, chop them down. So yeah, I'm for it. And if any of those things isn't going to happen, I hope Utah specs the shit out of Oregon so that we can jump them in the standings. Agreed. Agreed. So, and we go up a bowl from, from them as well. So, but yeah, busy couple of weekends in college football coming up. We'll see how it goes. It's interesting with that Oregon, Oregon state game. I don't know what they call that rivalry anymore, but. Isn't it like the platypus bowl or something like that now? Like it used to be like I the... think that was the joke. It used okay. to be the Civil War. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not PC, so they have to change it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I if, don't know. If that's if those two teams were in the SEC, it would still be the Civil War. All right. Anyway, I think, a, getting off I think a lot of I think a lot of it I think a lot of it has to do with where we're where we're located in in the in the country why i brought up that game is because <laughs> we don't know the time slot yet for this apple cup no we and don't so that is Fucking a six, six day, day window and i yeah. highly highly think utah colorado will be in the pack 12 slot i think that's at 1 p.m so that means there's a 12 30 time slot and a 7 or 7 30 time slot and if oregon wins and oregon state win I imagine they'll be at the 1230, meaning that UW-Wazoo would be a night Apple Cup on Saturday. Right. In Pullman. In Pullman, Saturday night. That's I don't remember a Saturday night Apple Cup for a while. Because they've been a lot the of snowball been on, on Friday. Been, the snowball Friday? in 2018 on Friday was at 5 p.m. Right. That was early. This would be a 730. Yeah. And that was cold. <laughs> yeah, I was I there. Trust me, yeah. that was cold. <laughs> I believe it. I believe you. So, so yeah, be interesting yeah. to see what time. I mean, we it's, want Oregon to win. We want Oregon State to win. This right. Week, it's so it's weird that the scenario that we want actually favors us to playing at seven thirty, which I would hate. But oh well. 6 p.m. on Pac-12 Network against Colorado. Predictions, I think we all would predict UW a lot in Colorado. Yeah. Not, not a lot. So I'm hoping think, for 50. UW's like 32-point favorites or 31 and a half last I checked. Yeah, so, I mean, they're massive lot. favorite. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping for a 50-burger. I don't know if we cover, but Colorado shouldn't, close. Colorado shouldn't put more than 20 points on us, but we're really bad. <laughs> Two on defense. It could be like a 55 25 type. 20, That's kind of what I'm type of game. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, a couple small items. We This is not a Seahawk week. We aren't covering them. They, of course, went to Munich and lost 21 to 16 against the Buccaneers and Tom Brady in a fun environment, I will say, in Munich. They're singing all sorts of shit over there in the crowd. They're doing the wave. They're singing uh, Sweet singing Caroline. John John Denver, yeah, all the things. Um, who said who's who said America doesn't have culture? Come on, drinking beers and singing ballads. Oh my God, they were going <laughs> speaking of beer. They were having like they were double fisting pitchers <laughs> over there. They were getting sloshed. Uh, we're not going to break this game down right now. I think just going forward, six and four Seahawks still first place in the division by half a game. Have a bye next week. And then after the bye, home against the Raiders at the Rams, Sons, Cooper Cup, and then home against the Panthers. I mean, if you don't win at least two games from that, then I don't think the Seahawks have any business going anywhere. 
Yeah, I agree. You expect to win all three of those. You expect to win all three, bare minimum, you need two. So, yep. Yeah. And, you, and you'd prefer to beat the NFC teams, I would think, but just get right. yes. conference. And we don't know what the 49ers race will be. But anything else to add on the Seahawks? Nope. Gino no. might be slightly cheaper this week than he was last week. Might, might need to sign him on the buy. Extend Gino on the buy. Sign, sign, buy low. Buy low. Yeah, it might not yep. be as low against Vegas. That's so Vegas yeah. looks awful. They lost to Jeff Saturday, like Jim Ursay's <laughs> drinking buddy. I mean, oh my God. Anyways. Pretty bad. Pretty Last bad. thing, I, I threw this in the agenda. Yeah. World Cup starts in five days, boys. Uh-huh. I know. What about US it? USMNT. And oh. so we're not going to do any breaking down the World Cup or anything, but two questions I have for Sam you. Sam wants to, though. Number one. How far are the U.S. going in your mind? Sam, I'll start with you. Oh, boy. Oh. How far are we going? So let's see. We're for sure getting out. Of, you're going to have to walk. Wait, okay, so here's our group. We will get I'll, out set up, the- I'll, I'll set up the stage. So we share a group with Wales, Iran, and England. Are we yes. finishing first or second in that group if we're getting out? Second. Okay, so if we're finishing second, we likely will play the Netherlands, which is favored in Group A. So USA versus Netherlands, what yeah. happens? We are going to upset Poland. We're upset the Dutch? All right, so yeah. that means we go to the quarterfinals for the first time uh, since 2002, and the favorite in that matchup would be USA versus Argentina. Oof. Ooh. <laughs> probably have to draw the line there (laughs) (laughs) this is the way that i feel i i fully expect us to get out of the group i think we'll likely be the second team out of the group i think england's overrated they underperform in tournament play all the time so there's a chance we could be first but i'm just going to say likely second and then i think that matchup with the netherlands is definitely we will be the underdogs. Netherlands, they missed the last World Cup just like USMNT did. Um, but they're 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 the better team right now. But I think that there's some some young gun magic on this USMNT roster. Somebody like Gio Reyna is gonna make a international name for himself in World Cup soccer or someone else like that and and get a, a statement legendary victory over the orange and uh we're going to the quarterfinals final like answer connor what are you how are you feeling what's the scenario if we win the group we would play the second place team from group a which would be either senegal or ecuador now going into the tournament senegal would be favored but sadio mane their best player is now announced he's going to miss at least the first two games of the world cup oof which makes it more of a toss-up between themselves and Ecuador. Right. And so then if we won that game, then man, who, if, would, if Mane, who would we if, play? Still if Mane's healthy, I almost else. think that Senegal would win that group. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were picked as a dark horse in this tournament. but uh, So if we won that game, Sam, to answer your question, um, we would play the winner of likely a Denmark and Mexico slash Poland 
Denmark, Mexico, oh, or Poland. U.S. versus Mexico in the quarters? Oh, oh get out of here. I mean, Mexico, oh, won't, Mexico won't make it that far. So it's one of the worst Mexican teams in a while. But oh, no, we're, We would win I'm that. Salivating. Sure. Oh, if that was a quarterfinal, man. Oh, man. That would be yeah. I like our chances. I tend to agree with Sam, I think, on this. I think we I think we make the quarters. And I think I mean I like it. I like that, it. That I mean that would be sweet. That that would be pretty epic. So, I'm hopeful for, for a good uh 2026 run, eh? A it would set up for that, yes. I'm hopeful for quarters. I think round of 16 is the most likely of what happens. Uh okay. you the USA is the, if you exclude goalies. From, we are the youngest team in the tournament. Wow. And so there's a lot of young talent and speed and speed. just more. Agility. You'll notice as a USA fan, you you notice in previous tournaments, like hoofing the ball up, lucky, not lucky goals, but a lot of like scrappy goals is the better way. Think yeah. of Landon Donovan in 2010 and Clint Dempsey in 30 seconds against Ghana in 2014 and Julian Green sure. against Belgium, right? This team is far more technical than you're used to. And so you're going to yeah. look at games against Wales where you, you, the U.S. is going to have more of the ball than Wales will, which is going to feel really yeah. weird. So it, it's a different team. So I'm excited for it. I think round of 16 is the most likely. But remember when USA and England were in the same group in 2010, the USA won that group. So I oh, think yeah. England is highly overrated. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, they have lots of talent, but I think they're way overrated. Who wins the World Cup for you guys, Connor? Who's going to win? Argentina. And Messi's last hurrah. Sam, who do you I have? Think, I think Messi goes out on top. I I don't I don't know. I mean, what are the what are the odd odds on favorites right now? Brazil, Argentina, and France in that order are considered the favorites. yeah i was gonna I say i was gonna say brazil um france is really good too though. france and then you have like a bunch of good a re- i don't want to see a repeat i don't want to go Bel- is belgium so too I- old now they are older but they're still i would say in like that tier 1b where you have belgium spain yeah. germany i'm gonna go with belgium i'm gonna go with belgium they have a fa- favorable draw and so that's where they could, like last World Cup, actually, where they could go through if they can get out of their group. Their group yeah. is a little sneaky, tricky, but I'm going to go Argentina. You say as well. Messi's going to, you guys say Messi's going to go off on riding on the shoulders of his teammates in glory. Yeah. I'll raise you one Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, he's <laughs> fucking good. So he's going to run That's some good. games by himself. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, that's it. Uh, USA game, I will say, first game against the Wales, 11 a.m. on Monday. Make sure you block off your work calendar if you do not have that day off. I already. will do that right now. Um, anything else that you guys want to mention before we get the hell out of here? Julio. I think we got it. Julio. All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. As always, we appreciate the support. Subscribe and follow if you haven't already, and leave us a message via the anchor link in our description. Until next time. Go USA. Go Hawks and go dogs. Fuck the ducks. Hate you, Dan Lanning. <laughs>